All right, guys, and welcome to another edition of Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. I am Just a Guy. We're going to do a little shake-up on the uh, weekly uh, outputs here. I'm going to preview the game for tonight and give you my power rankings post-week 12. And then I'm going to give you all my NFL picks with the P's with PJ every Friday. So just moving some things around, shifting some things around. And plus, a little uh, extra added bonus for you college football fans. I'm going to pick all the conference championship games this weekend. Uh, money line, spread, over, under, and give you any props that I like for that. That will be a little special addition too this week. All right, so let's dive in real quick. Um, let's review what we did last week. Money line. I was 11-5 and five. against the spread. I was 9-7-1, and one. and over-under, I was 7-9. and nine. For the year to date, Moneyline killing it, 111-69. Against the spread, catching up, but still behind, 78-93-8. Over-under, 94-84-2. All right, now let's dive into our power rankings just real quick. We'll kind of run through these. We're going to start at the bottom, give you a couple quick hits, and plus... I want to reflect on this Frank Reich uh, firing real quick to just give you a couple points that I thought about it. Okay, so let's start off at number 32, the Carolina Panthers. As I just said, they just fired their coach, Frank Reich. I don't know what direction this team's going other than down. Bryce Young is struggling as a rookie quarterback, which is okay to struggle as a rookie quarterback. I just don't know what's going to be around him next year as in talent, as in coaching, other than the owner. That's what we know. And that's the part that scares me a little bit, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Number 31, the Patriots. Come on. They they are in danger of being the last place team on this on this list, to be honest with you. And in fact, if the Panthers win any more games, the Patriots might be the worst team in the league. And it's just so tough to say with a Bill Belichick run team that we'd ever say that, but we are. So number 30 on this list, we got the New York Giants who uh, beat the Patriots last week, Tommy DeVito. I would think that as much as they like to win games, they'd probably start to lose a few more games, though. So they probably have a chance at somebody better than maybe Daniel Jones in the future, but we will see. Number 29 on this list, Arizona Cardinals. I still think that the Cardinals are a little bit pesky of a team. I know they got their butts kicked by, uh, by the Rams last week. I still see the arrow pointing up a little bit for Arizona. I don't think they're going to move on from Kyler. That's just my gut feeling. I got no news or anything on that. And I just think that they need to put some more support staff around Kyler. He doesn't have much to do. Hollywood Brown is not a number one wide receiver. I'm sorry. He wasn't a number one wide receiver in Baltimore. That's why they let him go. And he's not in Arizona. You need to get some pieces there and to help out Kyler. And I think that's what they're going to probably do in the, uh, ultimately in the future. Okay, number 28. Team won on Monday, but it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they got some work to do, but their defense is definitely starting to click better in the right way. I mean, you definitely see the defense playing a lot better. I still think that you're going to reset the coaching staff after this year. I don't know what they're going to do with uh, resetting Justin Fields. My gut tells me that they probably will, because especially if you got the number one pick overall, two years in a row, you can't you can't pass it by. You can't pass it by. That's where it comes down to me. It comes down for logic. You're never usually there that many times. Now you're going to be there two years in a row and you're going to pass on them both. I just don't see it. I think they'll take someone. I don't know if it will be Caleb. I don't know if it will be Drake May. I don't know if it will be Bo Nix. But they're going to probably take a quarterback number one overall. 
So, if not, trade to like the number two spot and still take a quarterback. They're not going to let the number one pick slip away again. I, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. You can get the best talent in the in the whole draft. I can't see it. Okay, number 27, the Washington Commanders, which technically I think they could probably be below the Bears because the Bears beat them. Ah, uh, whatever. Uh, Commanders uh, is another team that is just... Arrow's definitely pointing down in need of a reset. They fired Jack Del Rio last week. Ron Rivera is basically dead man walking. I think he knows it. This is the same this is the same story that happened to him in Carolina. You're gonna watch him kinda he's just going through the motions. And he knows it. And I feel bad for him because I don't think Ron Rivera is that bad of a coach. In fact, to keep that team a competitive team down in Washington for the way he did underneath that regime is uh definitely commendable. But I just think he knows he knows the writings on the wall. And I think this team knows the writings on the wall. So they're all just kind of phoning it in for the rest of the year. All right, number 26, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I said last week, guys, I think um, I think this Todd Bowles experiment's getting close to be reset as well. I think the Baker Mayfield experiment, I mean, he's not playing awful. But he's just not a guy that's going to lead you to the promised land. I thought he was at Cleveland for a, for a point. But I just don't think so anymore. And I think that you have to move on. And I think you've got to, I think you're looking at a reset there. I think Mike Evans is going to walk. I just think you're going to see a whole different team in Tampa Bay next year. All right. Number 25 on this list, the New York Jets. Another team that probably needs a reset but won't. The only reset they're going to get is when Aaron Rodgers comes back. I can't see him coming back this year now. He probably will, though, because... You know, he just likes to be that guy that proves everybody wrong. Um, but why come back? The Jets season's pretty much in shambles. The Jets team is pretty much in shambles. They got a decent defense. So, needless to say, they built their team around Rodgers. So, if he comes back this year, it'll be really interesting to see what he does. Because that offensive line is bad. And who's ever back there is going to get beat up. And I just don't know if he's ready for that. All right, number 24, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. They played pretty tight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Defensive-wise, I should say. The offense, as we know, is just going to keep kind of going downhill, down the drain because of no Joe Burrow. I think this team's going to pretty much start phoning the phoning it in. You know, it's a, it's a long season, and now when they kind of don't really have that many good hopes to make it further into the playoffs, I think they're going to start to kind of fall down the drain, if you will. All right, number 23, we have the Tennessee Titans. Definitely uh, looked better last week being up on a bad Carolina Panthers team. I just think that you're going to probably see a couple things change on this team for next year, too, like I've talked about. I think this is Derrick Henry's last year. I, you know, I'm glad that they gave Will Levis a chance. I think they give him a chance for the rest of the time. I think he's your quarterback of the future. He's definitely shows some positive things. And this experience is crucial for him. All right, number 22, the New Orleans Saints. Guys, the Saints, very big disappointment team for me this year. Very big disappointment team. I don't know what else to really say. I think this offense could be way better. I think Derek Carr is not necessarily the problem. I think the defense has let the, let the team down as well. But man, I just really think that this offense could be a lot better than it is. All right, number 21 on this list. The Las Vegas Raiders. Definitely had a better time playing under Antonio Pierce. Still looks like they're missing some things, of course, uh, a.k.a. the quarterback. 
I think that's what they'll do. I think Pierce has maybe proved enough to keep this job, but we'll see. Um, Number 20 on this list, the Atlanta Falcons. I see this team's arrow starting to point up a little bit. They're in the bad division. They finally started to put it together, and part of that putting it together is hand Bijan the ball, throw Bijan the ball, give that man the ball. Just give him the ball. He's your best skill player. Give him the ball. See what happens. Guess what? They're winning when they do that. So needless to say, if they keep doing that, they're going to keep climbing up this list. Number 19, the Seattle Seahawks. Had big hopes for them at the beginning of the season. They are really starting to slip here, and I think they're in danger of missing the playoffs altogether. All right, number 18, another team that's kind of slipping away. Probably should be lower on this list, but I still think that their potential to beat teams is out there, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. They Chargers be the Chargers, just like they did on Sunday night. You know, have a chance to beat Baltimore, one of the best teams in the league, and blow it. So, and blow it, and turn over the ball, or do something stupid. So... Chargers be the Chargers. They still have the potential to beat just about any team in this league. I mean, that any team in this league. They have that kind of potential. They just are so below it sometimes. It just is infuriating. So once again, another team that's probably looking at a reset right there. You're going to be looking at a reset with the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, team on the rise at number 17. The Green Bay Packers, guys. The Packers starting to play good. Jordan Love. About at the same time that Aaron, you know, if you look at Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre's stats, he's right there with them. And with the first year starting, which is kind of crazy to say, he's definitely shown confidence in throwing the ball downfield. And that's the biggest difference with the Packers. And now they've been aggressive. When they keep people on their heels and not just sitting there waiting for the run game, they see how well that offense works. They move the ball down the field well. That's what they want to look for in Green Bay, and I think they'll continue to show that. And they might have something to say about the NFC North title, by the way, too. They're not out of it yet. Okay, number 16. This team's on the rise, too, and a lot of that has to do with Kieran Williams being back. And that is the Los Angeles Rams. Kieran Williams is the prototypical running back that Sean McVay loves. And you saw, they fed him the ball, and he went berserk. He went for 140 yards on the ground, added two more touchdowns in the air, I think you're starting to figure out, or the Rams are starting to figure out, I should say, that, oh, you're going to double, triple team Cooper Cup? That's fine. I'll throw the ball here. Oh, you're going to double, triple team Puka Nakua? That's fine. I'll throw the ball over here. They have become not a Cooper Cup-centric team, and I think that is the way that you have to be in the future. I know it was great for that one season. That's awesome. I just don't think it's there anymore. Everybody's up for it. Everybody's triple teaming him. He's a great wide receiver. But we've seen that this is definitely a year that he's taking a step back. Number 15. Oh, man. Uh, This team, I I still so believe in their defense, but I think they're going to be sputtering down this list further and further, and that's the Cleveland Browns. A couple injuries have really hurt them this year, and they're they're floating on the edge of, hey, we've got a great defense, but our offense can't put up jack squat. So there you go, Cleveland Browns number 15. Number 14 on this list, the Minnesota Vikings. Bad loss against a Bears team on Monday. You had every opportunity to win that game. You had every opportunity to keep that game. Josh Dobbs, bad interceptions. Two of them, I blame him for. Two of them were tipped. What are you supposed to do? But I think that the Josh Dobbs story... I hate to say this, might be over now. I think they're going to probably give Nick Mullins a chance to start. 
um, in Minnesota moving forward. I'm not going to say Dobbs isn't going to make another start. I still can see him probably popping back in. I just think that the Dobbs story has maybe come to a close and the Bears have closed that chapter of the NFL season on him. Okay, number 13. This team has been surprising as of late, especially the way that offensive line has been playing, and that's the Indianapolis Colts pushing people around, running the ball at will. Now, Jonathan Taylor just went out with thumb surgery, so he's out two to three weeks, so that's definitely going to affect this team. Zach Moss is definitely a good backup running back, so I don't think they're going to miss that much of a step, but Jonathan Taylor being in there was a huge difference, as you saw. He was scoring... Pretty much every game since he got back almost, and he was clicking off 70, 80 yards every game. So that's a that's a hurt for them, but we'll have to see what happens. But still, a team on the rise, and a lot of that has to do with Minshew minimizing his turnovers. That's the key for him. Number 12, Denver Broncos, guys. Let's ride. I think they have a chance to climb up this list further. I know some people might say, hey, why are they behind the Bills? They beat the Bills. I get it. The Bills have a better offensive output. And I think if the Bills and the Broncos played again, I think the Bills beat the Broncos. But needless to say, Broncos number 12. Number 11, Houston Texans. Yes, the Houston Texans have climbed all the way to 11 on this list. Probably maybe should be even a little bit higher. But like I said, for some reason I have this gut feeling that the Texans are that balloon that's slowly letting air out, and it's going to start to fizzle out even faster here soon. I don't know why. I have no proof. I have nothing to say that. I have no examples to say that's going to happen. I'm just saying it just is a gut feeling that I think the Texans might start sputtering down again. Okay, number 10, Buffalo Bills. Bad, bad. Man, I really wanted them to win that game against Philly. I was pulling for them bad. And they've got bye week this week. Then they got the Chiefs. Then they got Dallas. They got to win one of those two. And they got to if they want any chance at the playoffs. If they lose them both, I think that's it. And that might be it for Sean McDermott too, by the way. Number nine on this list, Detroit Lions. Another team that is falling below and regressing to what it was last year. Now, Dan Campbell says he likes the challenge. They're going after it. Jerry Goff needs to minimize his turnovers. He had three interceptions against the Bears, three fumbles against the Packers. That has to stop. Now, the other thing that has to stop, too, is whatever the defense is doing. Because they are giving up points like crazy. They are giving up big play after big play. I don't know what happened. They were playing some good defense. And that seems to... People have seemed to figure it out. So, they got to regroup on defense. But... For right now, Lions, number nine on this list. Number eight on this list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, you saw them put together an offensive output without Matt Canada. Can that continue? Yes, I I have to keep seeing it. I have to see what they do. I don't know. I mean, a lot of teams play very well the first game after coach is gone. I don't know if they're going to keep it up, but it's up to them to show it. Number seven on this list, Miami Dolphins. Probably could be to have a chance to be a little higher, but they got to beat good good teams. Now, I know you're like, well, they beat just beat the Jets. Jets have a good defense. They don't have a good offense. So, once again, Miami beats up on the bad teams. Let's see what they do against the good teams, and they have some opportunities to prove it very quickly. Number six, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Team's definitely pointing up. They beat Houston to kind of get some separation in the division. I think the defense is playing... Underrated, I think 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing pretty dang good overall for the season. And I think if he continues that, they can make some noise. I see them being like the second or third seed in the AFC. And I think that's the way they could stay. I mean, do they have a chance to get the number one seed? Yeah, they do. But we'll have to see. Number five, Baltimore Ravens. Um, Survived against the Los Angeles Chargers. I still see them uh, probably being the number one seed when all said and done in the AFC. But we'll have to see. Um, They've got some tough teams, tough games coming on up. I'm really curious to see what they do. They have a bye week this week. But I think they got they got Jacksonville coming up. They got San Francisco coming up. They've got some tough games, and I'm really really curious to see how they play. All right, number four on this list, San Francisco 49ers have a real chance to climb up this list this week. They play the Eagles, and like I really like what Hassan Reddick said the other day. That's the Eagles player when he said, "I've been hearing a lot of crying and boohooing about last year." It's time for you guys to come in here and prove it. You want to prove it? And he's referring to the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy got hurt. And everybody said, well, what if, what if, what if? Well, Niners have a chance to prove it. And I think they are. I think they're going to go in there and prove it this week. Eagles are due for a loss. They can't go 16-1. and I just can't see them. They're a heck of a team. But the Niners are healthy. If the Niners are healthy, they have a chance. And if they beat the Eagles, they probably climb the, climb the number one on this list. Number three, Dallas Cowboys. Hey, I can't take anything away from them. Their defense is playing great. They're beating up on bad teams, yes, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to put up points. They're number one in the league on points, 31.5 a game. So guess what? Dallas, number three, possibly climbing even higher, especially they've got a couple great showdowns soon. They got Buffalo and they've got Philly again. And I can kind of see them beating Philly too, by the way. Um, in Dallas. so And that one might kind of lead to who decides that division. So that could be a great game coming on up in a couple weeks. Okay, number two, Kansas City Chiefs. What else can I say? The Chiefs just keep doing the Chief things. I mean, if Chargers be the Chargers, Chiefs be the Chiefs. They just keep winning. I don't know if they're the number one seed. I think they're in the driver's seat for it right now. I just can kind of see them losing maybe one or two more games. I don't know where. I don't know who. I haven't really looked at their schedule. I'm just saying that the Chiefs feeling for me this year is not the same that it was last year. All right. And then number one, we all know who it is. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Tough test coming on up. You have the Niners coming to your house. You get to prove it too. You get to shut them up and you get to prove that you're the best team. NFC and probably NFL if you beat them this weekend. All right, guys, I told you I wanted to give you some of my thoughts on the Frank Reich firing. Um, For some reason, this one just didn't sit well with me, and I, I, I don't know why specifically. I, it's not like I'm a huge Frank Reich fan. I'm, I just think that he deserved longer than 11 games, especially with that owner. Um, Is he a bad coach? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's been fired in the season the last two years. So obviously, as one of my friends said, where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's got to be something there. But here's my problem. Like I said, 11 games. 11 games into resetting the team. 11 games. You have a brand new rookie quarterback, number one pick overall, that you traded his best weapon to throw to to get him. What is he supposed to do? 
The only thing that I'm going to say is there's rumors that Frank Reich wasn't a Bryce Young guy all the way and that David Tepper was the Bryce Young guy and that basically we all know is what the owner wants, the owner gets because he's the owner of the team. And that that when Bryce Young went to dinner with David Tepper, David Tepper was blown away. And then there was no other talks about any other team or any other player but Bryce Young. I don't know what to say about all that. I could tell you that I like C.J. Stroud better than Bryce Young coming out, but that doesn't say anything. I just think that if you're forcing a quarterback on a guy and you are expecting him to build up around him, but you're taking away pieces, you got to give him longer than 11 games. you got to give him longer than 11 games. Give him the whole season. You know, give him at least one whole season. If it didn't work out after one whole season, then go. But it just seems like it was a really hasty, rash decision by David Temper. And this is not his first crazy, rash decision. I think that he's one of those guys that's very successful in everything else that he does in life. And in this, and what he does in everything else in life is his decision making makes that happen. I don't think David Temper gets that in the football world that you might have to trust Someone else that knows football to run your football team. Okay? You have to trust. You have to let people do it. That's it. Frank Reich, the one thing that I do kind of get sad about him, though, is he took his second coaching opportunity, which I don't think he's going to get another head coaching opportunity in the league. I don't Whether he wants it even, that doesn't even matter. Uh, you know, he's even talking about that he's probably retired from the NFL altogether. But to take your second head coaching opportunity with the Carolina Panthers and be out after 11 games is just sad to me because I think the guy's a better coach than that. I think he showed, you know, promise a couple times. But David Temper, you know, obviously probably didn't like whatever Frank Reich was doing with Bryce Young and didn't think he was the answer. And not only that, he also got rid of Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach and running back coach, and got rid of the quarterback coach. Um, uh, uh, Josh McCowan, sorry. So it just goes to show you that this job in Carolina, you better be on the Bryce Young train and you better have a plan for Bryce Young. And here's the other thing, David Tepper, because of all your stuff that you've done here, better be prepared to overpay because your little, uh, carousel of coaching that you've been running there in Carolina has been pretty bad. And I'll be honest with you. It's going to be going to, I mean, there's not many NFL jobs. I get that. But if you got to choose in between that and another job, you'd probably be looking at the other job first. My last thought about uh, Frank Reich, and this is, this is to go with David Temper. He kind of looked like he was sulking a little bit, though. It didn't really seem like he was all in on the coaching. And maybe he wasn't. Maybe he should have never taken the job. So the one thing I can't blame David Temper was, Frank Reich, and maybe it's just not his personality either, but man, he just didn't really seem like he was all in this year. Kind of seemed like he gave up. Maybe he just was like, you know, maybe that's what it was. Maybe David Temper just said, you know, he's pissed off because he's got Bryce Young and he's not doing anything about it. So, whichever, needless to say, best of luck to Frank Reich, best of luck to David Temper, but those are my thoughts about the Frank Reich firing. All right, guys, let's get down to the Thursday night. Peas with PJ. Seattle versus Dallas. Let's go. Picks, picks, props, and parlays, guys. Let's talk about it. First off, a little preview of the game, too. 
Like I said, Dallas is first in the league in points uh, per game, 31.5. They're fourth in defensive points allowed per game. That's 16.8. They're also third in defense of yards allowed a game, only 276.3 yards a game. That's crazy. Um, They're also only giving up about 16 first downs a game. And now that's just nuts to me. They are they are playing some pretty good ball right now, Dallas is. Um, Seattle, on the other hand, is really not. Okay, let's go down to the picks. The, the game. I'm taking Dallas's money line, of course. Dallas, I think, all day long. I think Dallas is the minus nine favorite, too. I like that. I like the minus nine. I think Seattle's kind of sputtering here, and Dallas is ramping up really good. And And it's in Dallas. If this was in Seattle, I think it'd be a different story. Now, here's the only thing that I don't like about this game is that's the over-under 47.5. Now, I think the under, because that's a higher number than we've had before. Dallas, in the last couple weeks, has had like 38 and 41, 42, 44, like over-under totals, which they've gone over. I just so I don't know if they're going to go over this one. I, I can see them putting up 30 points. I just don't know if I can see um, Seattle putting up 20 points. That's the problem that I see here. So I'm going under 47 and a half. Okay, props I like, guys. Here's a uh, first one that I did. A couple props. Uh, Geno Smith over 0.5 interceptions, basically throwing one interception. That's minus 150. Love that all day. Uh, Brandon Cooks over 41 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. Tony Pollard over 63 and a half rushing yards minus 125 i put those three together plus 470 i love that one a lot okay next up another little uh parlay i did dak prescott over one and a half passing touchdowns jackson smith Nigjigba 40 plus receiving yards alternative receiving yards minus 150 dak prescott uh alternate over under Rushing yards, 9.5. So over 9.5 rushing yards, minus 175. And then Tony Pollard, over 48.5 rushing yards, alternative over under. I put those four together, plus 340. I like that one. Book that one as well. Very finally, I did a small Dak Prescott one. Dak Prescott, 275 Alternative passing yards plus over one and a half touchdowns for Dak Prescott. And then the Dallas Cowboys over 26 and a half points. That gets you to plus 162. I know plus 162 doesn't seem like that crazy, but I'll tell you what, it seems like it's a more uh, viable winner and not much of a long shot. So, you know, positive money's good money in my mind. Last one that I liked. Because they put it out there. Bland to have a pick six. Now, he just set the record last week. It's at plus 1,400. Why not sprinkle some money on that and just see if it happens? Because, you know what? It seems like it's his year to do this kind of stuff. So, sprinkle some money on that one. And let's just see if it happens. All right, guys. Thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky tomorrow. The actual peas with PJ. We're going to go over all the rest of the NFL picks. Props I like. Parlays I like. Then we're going to do the college conference championship games, guys. Special edition college football stuff for you tomorrow. And I am out.